0: Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle.
1: Hey everyone, it's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there is a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work that you do every single day. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And we are super excited for this episode. We have with us a, um, one of your peers, a teacher, Megan Tedredine. Um, and Megan is going to introduce herself, and then we'll go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Megan.
2: Hi. Thanks. Um, I'm Megan Tetradine. I am a sixth or fifth and sixth, I guess, um, grade teacher at a special school district school in St. Louis. Um, so I'm a special education teacher, and this is my ninth year. So. What. And that I was my
0: story. This. That's exact. <laughs> I used to teach fifth and sixth grade special education, and I taught for 10 years before I left the classroom. What whoa, Holy cow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also well in sixth grade, but not that long. So I guess we have yeah. a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> we have a
0: lot in common. Well, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to talk to you. And really what we want to know is how are things going? And if you could kind of describe your year, because you've done – everything I think this year yeah. in the 2020 2021 crazy yeah so just if you could describe yours here let us know what's been going on
2: sure um so we started out our year like I think probably most everybody in in the country, maybe even in the world, um, we started out our school year completely virtual. So I had my um, caseload or my class of kids um, in my class with me online every day um, from about 9.15 in the morning until about 11.15 in the morning. Um, We had our lessons in that large block of time. So we went pretty hard and heavy um, in our academics during that period. And then the afternoon was kind of our our time um, for kids to get independent work done. So things like IREADY and then some independent tasks um, through other curriculum. Um, And then... About November, we switched to doing hybrid um, and I was fortunate or maybe unfortunate. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, really, um, to get to do both a hybrid model and a virtual model at the same time. So I had one student who stayed virtual um, and Due to that student's needs, we decided it would be best if he stayed with my class. So I basically live streamed my classroom with this one student um, and then had, you know, two groups of students coming on opposite schedules. So Monday, Tuesday, I had a set of three kids. And then Thursday, Friday, I had a set of three kids. And on Wednesday, I had completely virtual Um, And then all five days I had that one student who was virtual, um, which was a lot. So uh, I was I was pretty tired, um, but also really spoiled because last week started back our full time. We are back five days a week um, with our full caseload or a full class. So I have seven students right now. And I forgot how exhausting it is to be running on my feet, going from one student to the uh, to the next um, all day long. So we are we are just getting back. This is our second full week um, back all in the classroom together. And it's definitely been it's been nice, but it's also been kind of stressful for all of us. So.
0: Oh, I can imagine. And I would love to hear, especially so many educators are curious or would love to hear your perspective. How did you keep students engaged, especially students that are classified as special education in the virtual environment? And then, how is it going with masks, social distancing? Even though you are running around to all of them, so how is that going around the lens of student engagement?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm lucky. I have a self-contained classroom, so I'm sure it it would be different. Were I in a resource class, which I my sister is a resource teacher, actually, and is is having the struggle of keeping kids engaged or kids showing up um, to their Zoom sessions. But for me, I. I wanted to make sure that no matter what the assignment was, um, especially virtually that the kids were getting to see my face. Um, so whenever we did have our class time from, like I said, 915 to about 1115, um, I made sure that it was really heavily that they weren't doing one-on-one assignments or working, you know, on a, on a workbook page that we were having discussions and actually talking to each other. Cause that's, I think what the kids were missing the most was that interaction with somebody other than their family. Um, I know I sure miss that. So, um, that was definitely kind of the thing that I pushed the most was making sure that we were having that interaction. And then I made sure that the assignments that we had outside of that, um, I built in, I did a lot of recordings of myself. Um, we did a read aloud. So I videotaped, I asked them if I could just videotape my voice or record my voice and they were not about that. So, um, I had to videotape myself reading to them. Um, and then we did, um, I did a lot of, like, in case you missed it videos. So I would record a video about, like, a mini lesson about what we learned and put that on there so that they could go and look at it if they wanted to, Um, and that really seemed to be what kept them the most engaged, was knowing that they would have a face-to-face interaction with somebody who, who looked forward to seeing them. I mean every day I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to see somebody other than myself. So um, that has definitely been helpful, keeping them engaged. Um, And as far as coming back, it's been hard just because I think as educators in general, we tend to be like lovey dovey and we like we we want to be. We know that like physical touch and like being connected with our kids is really important, and that's really hard to like break yourself of that. Um, so we've had to have lots of really um explicit discussions about like even though I'm not giving you a high five or I'm not like I'm telling you no I can't hug you (laughs) um we've had really explicit discussions about that even though we can't do those things like those feelings and my emotions are still the same for you even though I can't show it in the same way so that's been something that's that in general has been has been kind of stressful for my kids especially my students um have emotional and behavioral disorders. And so um, that's been something that's been really hard for them is understanding why it's changed so much and then dealing with all of the emotions that come along with it. So yeah, we've had to do a lot of really explicit instruction on that your emotions are okay to feel. Things are going to look different and here's how we're going to deal with it. But I'm still your teacher. I still care about you the same way. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's been interesting. (laughs)
1: Everything that you've just described is just truly incredible. I think everyone in our country and across the world even knows like teachers are heroes and their job is hard. But if you really think about what you've done in the past year, everything from transitioning from fully remote to back in the classroom to live streaming your class, like if you had told yeah. to yourself last year, I'm going to be live streaming, you would have never thought that. Not or even Yeah, double teaching your students in person and then at home and then. The fact that you gave your students agency on what you were going to be doing on video is something you probably hadn't considered prior either, right? Do you want to see me or hear my voice? And that's really incredible just to add that small piece, probably really helped them feel ownership of their learning. Um, And then also just the social emotional part that you just explained. Never when I went through teacher training did I think I would have to explain to kids what a pandemic is and why I can't give you a high five. And I truly cannot imagine being in your shoes. So just from all of us, I want to say thank you and what, I think these kids will remember you and, and for that, and just having to figure out how to explicitly teach that I think is so important for them probably just to understand the world around them right now, not just in your classroom. So it's truly yeah. remarkable. And we thank, thank you, you and all the other teachers listening to this because that is yes. no easy feat.
0: <laughs> yes, we can't thank you all enough. And on that, since Our audience is looking to this to offer any suggestions or tips. What would you, what is a lesson that you're going to take from this year moving forward to however education looks? And how do you think this is shaping your teaching moving forward? So, what can you share lessons you've learned or advice for other teachers who may still be in a fully remote environment or hybrid? I think
2: probably the the biggest thing that I've I've learned is that, especially in moments like this, like, yes, our job is to teach academics, absolutely, but our job is really to teach a whole person, and so I, through the whole pandemic, I know people have been saying kids are behind, and, and they're not learning what they need to learn, and obviously, they're, we know they're not learning at the same rate that they have in years past, but we have to really think about how this is affecting the whole person. I think sometimes we just think like kids need to come to school and just like do what they need to do. But that's really hard when you're dealing with not only, you know, possibly a difficult home life or, you know, a disability, but you're also dealing with a worldwide like trauma of a pandemic. That's really hard to, to kind of deal with. So giving, giving your kids and yourself a little, A little grace, um, I think, is probably the biggest thing I've learned. I tend to be incredibly hard on myself and have really high expectations of of my students and myself. And so I was like, we are sure going to be learning (laughs) if we're if we are on virtual for these two hours or these three hours a day, we are going to be learning jam packed. Content the whole th- way through, and realistically, that was not helpful for the kids, and it wasn't helpful for me for the most part, um, because none of us were in a place where where we could even focus on that. Um, and so we're still having they're still asking questions just about their world at large. Like we're back in the classroom, and you know, wearing masks, it all looks different, but they've gotten used to it. Um, I was doing a history lesson the other day on like the geography of the world and they started asking questions about how how our world is formed so then how did the pandemic spread and all of those things so they, you know, I, I, of course, need to be teaching them about, you know, the crust and the mantle and the inner core and outer core Mm -hmm. of the earth, but I think right now, some of those questions and things we need to address more than we need to address that content because we can't, if you think about it, when it, when anybody is in crisis or is worrying, it's really difficult to learn something new um, or to really grasp a concept. So I that's something that I think moving forward, I will definitely be a little bit more flexible in where I take my lessons and where I, I kind of let my lessons lead. I know we're gonna get to the content I know I'm going to be teaching them their fractions um, and I'm going to teach them, you know, what, what a simile is and what a metaphor is. But if in the meantime, I need to also teach them how to, how to cope with a really difficult situation or need to teach them about how a population might spread a a disease, we can have those conversations um, if it's, if it's helping them. So that's, yeah, definitely giving giving a little grace and being a little bit more flexible in my idea and in our ideas of what a lesson has to be
0: or needs to be. I mean, everything you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> everything you're saying, we completely agree. We've talked about this many times in this podcast. And what's fascinating, and I don't know, if Sarah, if you're going to think the same thing, Every time we ask an educator, what advice would you give? I say nine times out of 10, it's give yourself some grace, give yourself some empathy. And I just want to commend you and thank you for also valuing your students as humans. Something I've learned and something that I've seen through working with educators during this pandemic and even before, that we are in the business of developing human potential and it is the most critical thing if above all, is to make sure students are feeling seen, heard, and valued, and you are absolutely doing that. So it's just, thank you for doing that. Thank you for seeing that, and and your students, thank you, because who else are they going to talk to about this? I mean, I wonder how viruses are spread, and I'm, you know, a 43-year-old adult still figuring it out, but I can (laughs) Google. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so I mean, this is not, this is a really, this is what education's for. It's to be able to explore curiosities, to be able to meet kids where they are. And yes, you will absolutely cover the content. You can hear that, that you are, you know, already you're extraordinary. You know, your content, they will be able to grasp that. But if their brain is hijacked because they're stressed out, no learning can occur. So that's, great. Just thank you. Thank We can't, I mean, we can't just say thank you enough. So, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I mean, and we can talk to you all day, but unfortunately <laughs> that is all the time we have in maybe three words. If you could think of your top three words moving forward to inspire educators.
2: I think really relationships, um, making sure that that's your focus above all else is your relationships with your kids. Um, I think that that flexibility, making sure that you're giving yourself some some grace um, and then passion, like making sure I think that's the thing that I've noticed at least. Sorry, I might be explaining too much. And um, that's the thing I've noticed with some of my colleagues and even with myself that it gets this gets really tiring. So making sure that you're still you're still finding that passion in it. You're still loving it, even in the really really rough times, um, but you're still, you're still in it and still feeling that fire. So
1: definitely remembering your why being able to celebrate even the small stuff for sure. I think that's beautiful. All all three. (laughs) Great answer. That was not an easy question. (laughs) I was like, oh, man. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much again for for chatting with us today, Megan. Um, We will post some of the resources that Megan talked about, as well as a few other resources just about um, COVID's impact on learning and things like that in the show notes. So thank you again for joining us. It was great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Oh my gosh, of course. And where can people find out more information? You can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum and on Instagram at my iReady. And we will link both of those profiles in the show notes. And please be sure to continue to tag us in your posts so we can see the amazing work that you do. And if you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or would like to be interviewed, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are always here for you. So until
0: we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted
1: material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.